Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. The Padres even up the series with the big comeback and the Yankees lose game one to the Astros. Let's talk all about Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. It's brought to you by SeatGeek. My name is Jimmy. We got Jake. We got Trav. We got producer BBD behind the dish. We got two games to recap, a couple games to preview. We're going to have some fun. The first game, Phillies Padres. Jake, do you have a burn? Oh, yeah. Always, Jim. Let's hear the burn. Phillies up 1-0 in the series, trying to fully knock out the Padres and go two up in San Diego. Trev's guy guy, Snellagram, Blake Snell, Ben, don't break, buddy, versus the brother battle begins. Nola on the bump for Philly, and in the second, oh no, 37 pitches, some contact. We're having a Bowman. He gets the RBI single. Veerling, the bottom of the lineup with the RBI double. Edmundo Sosa, my guy, guy. And Schwarbo with the RBI ground out just like that. It is 4 nothing, Bills. But these Padres, it's time to rally, Goose Trev. Brandon Drury, former Yankees great. Josh Bell, the fortitude to make the score fortitude after two. In the fifth, oh no, brother on brother crime. Trev getting beat up by his big bro. Nola, RBI single. Kim scores four to three. Soto puts a charge into one. Welcome to the series. We're tied up at fours, and now we are blowing it out of the water. Five in the fifth. The biggest Padres run scoring inning in playoff history. And then at the end, I'm feeling like many. Machado on me, eight to four. Reeser puts one on that pretty right-handed swing. Harper, double play, no dice. Padres being down four nothing. Rally to win, eight five at home. We are tied at ones, heading to the Philadelphia. Good stuff, good stuff. That's why you play nine innings and that burn was brought to you by MLB nine innings Jake's favorite mobile game show him Jake you still it. got it on your phone I'm on it I'm playing right now I'm the Yankees this is my this is my season um maybe How you're you familiar doing? with them uh we're doing pretty good we're down uh oh one in the in the ALCS but we're doing pretty good wow life imitates art or art yeah. imitates life you can download and play the MLB 9 Innings 22 today. The MLB 9 Innings 22 today with link in, there's a link in the description on YouTube or podcast app. They got a wide variety of game modes, league mode, uh, user pl- users play through a season or live player versus player. They got a bunch of historical great players in the game. They got they got active players now. Uh, go have some fun. Challenge Jake. Don't let the thrill. Is Ploof in the game? No. They have some legends. <laughs> I I haven't unlocked the ploof card yet. Download and play MLB 9 innings 22 today with the link in the description. All right. 
Trev, what you got on this game? I mean, they tie the series, which is what I guessed, but I, I also said that I didn't think that Padres were the beginning team. And then here they go having a big inning. A couple big five runners for them, this uh, playoff season, you know, I, it was an incredible win for the Padres uh, to go back and to come back after, you know, a pretty suspect uh, four run inning for the Phillies. Um, you know, you have like kind of all the bloops. So like you look at the Snell line, it doesn't look that good. But when you go back to that inning, nobody really hit the ball hard. You have the sun ball to Soto, which is really tough. Like I, at first glance, I was like, dude, you got to make something happen there. But then they panned and like showed the sun. It turns out the sun is pretty bright. And there was nothing he could really do about that ball. So tough luck for Snell. But I thought even almost bigger than the, the five run inning they had. I know that was obviously big. But for them to go and answer in the bottom of the second with Drury and Bell specifically getting going. Five hits. That's massive for them. Five hits between the two of them. They, I mean, that that is exactly what the Padres needed. I love the answer there. So now it's two, it's a two-run lead. You're right back in the ballgame. Even Drury said the same thing. He's like, you know, we I hit the homer. It's nice to get one back. But then as soon as Bell hit that one, he's like, dude, it's a two-run game. We're right back in this thing. And then they go ahead and they string together a big inning. Uh, they're in the fifth, and and both those guys are right in the thick of it again. Uh, so Snell ended up, you know, settling down after that second inning, uh, which I think is great. Ben don't break, as Jake likes to say, uh, and they were able to score some runs off Nola there, and the bullpen held another great appearance by Hader. It was just a massive, massive win by the Padres because they were they were staring down a, a, a an O2 deficit there uh, heading into Philly, which would have been pretty tough to overcome but you know they've they've done this a couple times now in the playoffs and this is this is gearing up to be like an awesome series little gut check right i mean down four nothing at home uh nola on the bump and i was laughing because i gave i was giving my speech yesterday about how how much i love nola but wheeler's probably better and i need to give more respect Right before the game, you know, Saris posts an article like, is Nola actually the best pitcher in baseball? And I was like, God damn it, you know, I just flipped back um, that you're down for nothing to one of the best pitchers in baseball. Uh, and you're about to really blow, you know, home field advantage. You're going to have three games in Philly and uh, they're going to have the two bad men at the top of their rotation again in this series, like to to go down two zero with those you know, potential five games remaining if you get to them is a daunting ass for any team. And this Phillies team that's had the good juice, the Padres gut check, uh, you're right. Drury and bell stepping up, um, adding more threats to that lineup, uh, is massive for them going forward against that Phillies lineup depth. Um, and then even at Manny and Soto being involved is, is just as important. Cause you know, I think we're going to talk about it with the Yanks uh, later and how the little <laughs> contributions they got from some of their big boys, you need your big boys too. Like you need all of it if you want to be a, a world series team. So for them to come back from down four at home, essentially season on the line uh, or, or putting yourself in as bad of a spot as you could possibly be. And they put it together. So credit, credit to the Padres. And I, I don't know if we want to go there now. Can't believe it was a day game. We've got an East, you know, East Coast team, West Coast team, like what? We, we got to be a little better with that. 
Yeah, it affected the game. I mean, we saw the Soto ball. Also, when Bell hit his uh, single down the line there in that fifth inning, he didn't even know where the ball went. He couldn't see it. The batter couldn't see where he hit the ball. So it was – the shadows are just part of the playoffs. You know, they got to – I don't know. I don't know why they have to have the games all these different times, but they do. That's just part of the playoffs. So you have to deal with it. Um, but definitely, I mean, it affects the game. It affects the series. Um, luckily the, for the Padres – uh, they found a way around it. Yeah, the day game stinks. Luckily, Soto came back with a double uh, at the end in the to cap off the big inning because the sun ball was brutal. Trev, it's, I mean, I haven't been out there in the sun in a long time. I'm interested about it, but you could totally see when he did his glove and they showed that he was shading. Oh, my hat's kind of doing it. He was shading his cheek. Like mm-hmm. He was just missing the shade on his eyes, and I have no idea how what that it, the feeling of trying to block the sun anymore i haven't done it but it was funny because like he had his glove up and it was casting a shadow but he was just missing his eyes it was like cutting off on his cheekbone there are times where you put that glove up and it's it's covering and now you're not blocked by the sun but then you lose the ball because the yeah, ball is true. just right exactly where it shouldn't be you know and there's just really nothing you can do about it there and i know it looks bad because you end up shielding yourself because you don't want to get hit and maybe you think oh just throw your glove out there and see what happens um but it's it's difficult there are just there are just times where you can't protect the sun he had his glasses on he had his glove up you're right there at the end he wasn't shading his eyes whatsoever but i think it's because he was blocking the ball with his glove and there's not really much you can do. I mean, you can use your throwing hand to do that as well. But if you're not like on the side of the ball and it's kind of coming straight at you, you don't have that angle. There's, I mean, it just looks bad. And it's scary out there when that happens, dude. You, and you feel bad about it too. One more, one more notch in like, I'm talking about all the things the Padres have right now that they can lean on, like the bottom of the order got going, Drury and, and Bell, but the top of the order stayed hot. Manny has three hits, opens it up with a double. Another one is D-Rob makes his appearance in this series and gives up three hits, and Manny pops him for a homer right away. And, you know, that could have been a big difference maker. But also you could say, well, it's his first game into the series and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. On the on the Philly side, they split on the road. Now it's a five-game set, and they have home field advantage. And Harper is still hot as shit. And I, I think you're okay. I don't think Phillies finish. I know that it sucks. They they lost because then they had a big lead and they lost. But you want to split on the road, and you did. So they're still in a pretty good spot. It'll be interesting to see where they go uh, in Philly because you know they use their their two guys now. I think it's Suarez and then probably a Cindergard start before you get back to Wheeler. Um, so the Padres, I think, have the advantage going back in as far as the first two games and the starters are throwing Rangers, no slouch Syndergaard's no slouch. Uh, but I think the guys, the Padres are going to throw out there. Obviously it's Musgrove and most likely Clev. I think you have a little bit of advantage there, but dude, we've seen these in this series and throughout these playoffs, like both these teams are capable of putting up a big number, a big crooked number at any given time. Uh, defense, I love this series because defense can be good or it can be really bad. And that's going to open up innings and create uh, even more crooked numbers. And I think that's what we're going to see throughout this series. It's like, you might have a lead, but that doesn't mean that lead is safe until you get to that back end of that bullpen, which the Padres have looked really good. I think you're, you got to keep scoring, keep scoring, keep scoring because these crooked numbers are just going to keep continuing. Yeah, And that's, 
That's the only caveat I'd throw in there, Trev, is, is that, yeah, when you see the Padres offense do this and you we know what the Phillies offense can do, there is one unit that still hasn't done that, and it's the good Padres bullpen. So that's for me, that's currently the difference maker. Um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see with the rotation guys, and I know uh, as the analytics guy on the crew and we got the stat, if a series is one and one, the winner of game three wins 71% of the time. So pretty big game. And yeah, I mean, you know, overlooking game three to game four, I mean, Syndergaard and Clev, how's, how's your hair? How's, how's your, uh, how's your recovery? Um, couple, couple legends trying to get some big contracts coming up. Um, but yeah, this series, this series has it dialed in for the most fun and chaos you can see in a playoff series. I think a little bit of that is getting, you know, at, 80, 80 win teams instead of 100 wins teams. I think these teams do have their holes, but they also have the high end talent that we talked about. Um, but that Padres unit at the back end, man, being lights out again. Um, Padres or Phillies, you you did your job. You you split one. Um, these next two games, I I do think you're behind it a little. But man, we said that with Atlanta, and they came into a crazy Philadelphia, and when the offense puts up a big number early. You, you put yourself in a really good position to win. So, um, not, but th- this has all the makings to go at, at least six or seven. I think you know, towards the end of the game, I won. What's that? One soda is about to turn 24. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> at, at the end of the game, there, um, who was in? Who was pitching? Suarez was pitching. You get the Hoskins homer, makes it 8 5. Rio Muta hits the single. You're like, okay, here we go, here we go. Harper's up. They got the shift on, and just an absolutely beautiful double play by Machado to Kim to Drury right there. And we've seen that almost same play uh, in the first game. Phillies could not execute that play. Padres executed that play. That's something you have to look there to. We've talked about the Padres' defense and how good it's been. We talked about Philly's defense and how like that's not their strong suit. It showed up, I think, in the wild card round. But like these things start to add up, and the more balls that get put into play, and the more situations you get put into play. Like I think we're gonna see a difference between these two teams, and that could mean the difference in the series. That double play was massive right there. You saw the reaction by Machado after he turned it to everyone knows, man. If 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 they just get if they mess that play up, now all of a sudden the tying runs up at the plate things can happen in a hurry but turn that double play you clear the bases two outs the game's over you know that game's over after that play so uh i thought that was massive and then you want to talk about analytics jake you're our analytical guy can i give you a stat need it game three swing game teams that take the two one lead in the best of seven did you already say that that was his analytical stat. that was my i thought you went i thought you read the 55 percent one no, you read both the of them. Literally the exact, the exact same you read analytical the stat. One. That's not analytics. Oh. <laughs> it's not really analytical. I thought you read the 55 after. What is that one? I guess I just wasn't listening to you. I apologize for there. Baseball. He said analytics and you turned off your brain. Uh, Juan Soto's <laughs> got a secret. Kenny Rosenthal put out an article about Juan Soto Day in the athletic. And I was reading it. And also it's the headline, but then I read it to click into clicking to see if he gives away his secret. He secret secret. He doesn't Juan Soto. Trev said every at bat little by little 
I feel better and better. It's pretty close. There's just one little thing I got to fix. What is that little thing? Soto wouldn't say, but he finds it. But if he finds it, the 2019 version of Soto soon might reappear. So he's, he's searching for one little thing, Trav. What do you think it is? I don't know. Me neither. That's the article. He's got a secret, but he won't share it. Well, it's a really good article about just Soto in general. That's really long. I just read the last paragraph. Okay. Turned on one last night. I'm thinking if there's a timing thing. I don't know. what What's his secret? I would love to know. One it. little hey. thing. It's just, I think, outsider judging Juan Soto's swing. Uh, mm-hmm. He's just not getting his hands through. Oh, okay. Yeah. That yeah. seems like a big should, thing. Maybe you should evaluate his swing. Should I tweet at him? Yeah. Maybe you should be his online hitting coach. Okay. I've retired from that. He doesn't care about <laughs> us. He had a good run. If he, what did he go yesterday? One for five. Well, has one for double. five. But the double was double was in the middle of that rally. You know what was else in the middle of that rally? Nola was getting beat on fastballs. I think Droy got him on a four-seamer. Bell turned on a four-seamer. And then in um and then in that that big inning. Kim hit a pitch at his knees. Kim's impressive, man. Yeah, he's like, been playing really well. Like I thought that was a good pitch by Nola, but he went down and kind of it was like knee high strike. And then his brother, O2. They go fastball in the zone to his brother, and he gets a hit. So then he's like, All right, I'm gonna change it up. I gotta go curve. First pitch to Profar tries to get like a little get me over curve, and Profar's like, Nope. On to you. Knew that was coming and hits him. That's got to be a little defeating. You're like, fuck, get the curve too. Yeah, there anything up here. Location, you know, with some of those heaters and stuff. Like the one to his brother was, you know, he was trying to backdoor that thing down in the way. I think it went kind of like stayed up, which allows you to get there a little bit easier. Allows you to keep that ball off the ground, essentially. You know, if that ball's down and away, he's going to hit a ground ball to shortstop or a second baseman. But because it was elevated, he's able to drive it into right field. And that, like, video of his dad just, like, not knowing how to react is, is hilarious. He's like, everyone around him is cheering. He's like, uh, I don't know what to do. He had to be rooting like for this. Aaron last night, right? Like, yes, he gets he a was. start. So you they, come on they, his start day, maybe win the other games without him starting. They, I don't know. He's rooting for... Uh, Austin to go four for four and it not to affect the final score and Aaron Nola get the win. That's hard. It's, that's like being a fantasy football manager watching all these games. I need this to happen, this to happen, this to happen. Yeah. Very, very similar to having your two sons play in a yeah, same game. thing. Everyone can experience yeah. I think so. people would say that's a fantasy. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Uh, Hassan Kim, you mentioned him. Uh, it, uh, this guy should have got more votes for all JM utility. I mean, what he played 131 games at shortstop. In enough, in an, if shortstops didn't go nuts in the NL this year between Lindor, Dansbay, and Trey Turner, guy put up a five war season, man. He passes the eye test defensively easily and 107 OPS plus. I know that that obviously doesn't jump off the chart, but a year where offense was down, he was a plus hitter a plus defender at the spot, <laughs> arguably the most most important spot on a baseball field, the sport we're going to talk about with other teams, and a, a spot where their best player coming into the year was supposed to be. Um, so he's, I mean, talk about 
unsung heroes. Uh, maybe we maybe we start singing it more. Yeah, I just like watching him hit. I think he's got a fun approach. Enfield. Yeah, good. defensively he's a whiz, man. He's come, he's come up with some big hits for them, and I think that's kind of all you need to do. Don't worry about you know that he's hitting one eighty eight. It's like, give me some moments, dude. Give me some hits with runners in scoring position. Keep the line moving, whatever it is. He's been able to do that. Yeah. He had one of those contracts that you had no idea how it was going to work out because it felt like the Padres were guessing too. Six million this year, seven next year, eight the next to to play great defense wherever you want and be an above average league bat. He's a he's a stud. Let me ask you this. This is interesting. You just read that contract. He has a one dollar mutual option with a two million dollar buyout. That's got that's like funny business with the contract. That's funny business. That's off season talk. What is that, dude? Yeah. Is this wrong? <laughs> it's got to be wrong. Okay. I got to read into that now. I don't know if it's wrong. All right. Let's uh, switch gears, go to the AL. Yankees and the Astros kicked off the ALCS game one in Houston. Jake, mm. you're going to burn it? Sure am. Going to burn for Jake to say this. But it's coming from his heart. Game one in H-Town. The Astros and Yankees, part three. And we're not talking varsity, Trev. We're talking my JV, Justin Verlander, on the bump. And a couple shots of JMO for Yanks fans as they head back to their house of horrors. Mom, get out of here! Master Bader with another home run. It's one nothing Yankees. But then our thick king behind the dish, Martin Maldonado with the big RBI double to lock it up at once. It would stay that way into the sixth. And then you lay, you lie. Oh, no. Watch his homer go. Uh, two, one from the Astros vet. He's been in all three of these. People forget about that. And then Chaz McCormick, your name doesn't do it for me, but you played great yesterday. Three to one. And then Trev's new comparison, King. Where's your young shortstop, the Yanks? Because here's Jeremy Pena, solo dong. He can't stop. It's four to one. H.R. Rizzo, Tony Riz, Tony Meatballs, fortitude to make it four to two. We got a little rally. Presley. Slams the door. Good for him. Astros take game one at home. Four to two. Final. What a burn. What yep. a burn. That what burn was brought to you by DraftKings because you probably could have bet on the outcome of this game. The public had it. Houston wins. Also, the public is excited because the NBA is back. Mm. How about that? And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is allowing any new customer they can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if their team wins. How about that? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY. Make any $5 bet this week. Get $200 in free bets. Use those on the Yankees Astros series, take the under. And if your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code John boy, you get the $200 minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. 
Trev, how you doing? Did you watch this game? Was it really exciting? I did watch this game, and it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I think JV obviously threw the ball really well, worked out of some situations early, uh, made some absolutely nasty pitches, but that's uh, to be expected when you um, strike out 11 dudes in six innings. You're probably going to be throwing the ball uh, with some movement and some vela, which is what he was doing. Classic JV just throwing a hundred there, uh, one of his last pitches. He's he's something else, you know. I think if you look on the Yankee side, Tyone did everything he could, gave you a better than expected start. Um, but the bats for the Yankees just didn't really show up. I mean, seventeen strikeouts in a nine inning game is just not going to get it done. I know you're facing some really good pitchers there, and sometimes they're just on. You kind of have to tip your cap, um, but not a obviously not a way to win a ball game. Um, the Astros is really good up and down the lineup. You know, you're going to get contributions from Pena who has just been, I have a comparison for him. I kind of want to throw it out there now. Cause this guy, I mean, three hits, two doubles and a homer. I mean, he was on fire. I get a little bit of Chris Davis with a K mm. when I watch oh. him hit. Do you guys get that? Mm. I'll be on the lookout the for low hands. Do you have a high guess- kick? He's he's got the low hands. He kind of he doesn't knob block, but he kind of keeps the bat back there. I don't okay. And interested. It's the finish because he kind of like rolls his hands over there at the end, like Chris Davis does, but he still keeps his hands inside the ball, which is a freaking mystery to me. I don't know how either of them do it. That's what I've been talking to Soto about. Exactly. So <laughs> this guy, I mean, he's he's one of the most impressive players we've seen in the postseason, dude. Like he's just come up big and he's been doing it um i thought the one pitch that i want to talk about with jv that really just was like holy crap and i don't even know if it was a strike i don't think it might not have been but that pitch to carpenter that like front door four seam slash two seam there three two was absolutely filthy dude there's there's nothing you can do i think the next at bat had him in the same situation and then goes like slider so he's like xing that inside corner on him and there's nothing you can do if you're carpenter there really isn't dude yeah, the ump had an interesting zone last night for both teams. Um, Astros pitchers had nine balls outside the zone called a strike, including two in that Carpenter at bat. Yankees pitchers had five. Both teams had two balls in the zone called balls. But Yankees got struck out 16 times, and I, their approach was the exact opposite of what I thought it would be 15 times, 16, 15 times, and 15 times. They allowed the first pitch uh, to be a called strike. Just watch the first pitch fill up the zone. And uh, there's a bad way to go about it. They kind of got diced up. And then four times they got caught looking on a fastball just right in the zone. Well, they well they were swinging and missing at that like slider down and away so much that like I feel like at the you start to do that. Then you start to guard against that pitch and say, okay, like I got to tunnel that pitch like closer in or third. So then you could just open it up. You, that opens up like a four seamer down and away where you are going to be frozen. Cause you're saying, Hey, I'm not going to swing at that pitch. I've, I've, I've taken that pitch out of my mind, out of my tunnel, but you can't do that when you got a guy like Verlander that can kind of do whatever he wants with the ball. I mean, he was lights out last night. And he knew he was getting that side of the plate and he just kept going there. It's one of my favorite umpires too, Mike Mulchinski. He's hilarious and awesome. But I, you know, if you had a, I never heard his name before, and I thought that was a good thing. He's a good dude. 
turns out is the worst performance we've had in the postseason. <laughs> Get him back, Money Mike. Uh, Verlander turned it on. The Yanks a little bit had him on the ropes. And, hey, n- uh, Justin Verlander's not going to let anyone get in his head, but his last start against the Mariners was was bad. And his recent playoff history, also n- not what you expect from Justin Verlander. Um, you know, I think his last seven starts or something like that, he had a 6-4 ERA. Uh, so the Yankees, you know, they, they get that Bader run up, uh, and then they had that rally, second and third, and you have Donaldson and Carpenter, uh, two guys that, you know, if, if you said, hey, you need a pro at bat, you know, Josh Donaldson hit a fly ball, hit a chopper, get the run home. He goes down one, two, three, like looking and looking a lot. Uh, and then Carpenter, that about you're right. I mean, that last pitch was awesome. Uh, that was some that was some blitz ball dot stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, a couple couple calls pivot before that, and Carpenter also chases one out of the zone that uh, that locked JV in. He strikes out the next six or something like that. Um, that, that really changed his day. He made the adjustment. He found that kind of down and in slider that you were talking about that really became his, the, the go-to weapon. Um, and he's Justin Verlander. So he, you know, he, he takes that and the Yankees on the other side, Trev, and it's where Yankee fans are torn up a little bit. JMO gives an effort. He's their fourth starter, 4.1, one Ernie, uh, is battling. I mean, the one run he gives up. Uh, to Maldonado and you're like damn that's the guy that, that gets you but you know he he did what his, his job in a playoff game was they go to Clark Schmidt again who I, I like Clark Schmidt nice kid um, you know you, you see the stuff at times he's never been a relief pitcher he's always been a starting pitcher the Yankees at the end of this year have tried to tap into it and now we've seen him come in uh, to a uh, to save a Guardians game, which everyone was like, hey, what's going on here, guys? Um, and then they bring him into a, another brutal ask that I had, you know, uh, the people we know in baseball are like, what What are they doing to this guy? He gets out. He gets a massive double play from Kyle Tucker. Um, we're fist yeah, pumping. He comes back out. Um, Peter Moylan was all on, hey, man, if you, if you got a reliever, especially a young guy that gets out of a huge moment like that, to bring him back out, the adrenaline's just not there. It's not pumping. He gives up two dongs, and then Montes gets, gets clipped, who, by the way, he and Miguel Castro making their first appearances of the playoffs that uh, Jimmy was all over it in the pregame show. The, the Yankees were taking some solace in not winning this game before they came into this game. Um, and in ALCS, I know the schedule got funky, um, and you know, there's one less off day in this ALCS as it is. And they had the double rainouts, four games in a row, et cetera, et cetera. But it's a tough feeling when it's a seven game ALCS against a team that's had your number. Um, you know, they were in this game. They even had a, they had a couple at bats at the end there. Um, you know, Carpenter again, uh, and that leads into some Yankee stuff. Cause he hadn't played, he had a chance to play in the last series and they said, no, we'll just do our at bats. Um, at one of our uh, minor league facilities. And it's like, well, you know, those 12 at bats could have been really important instead of throwing them in the playoff mix. And that leads to, to some of your Yankee frustrations, but it's also game one in Houston, Justin Verlander. Um, But they, they were in this. And I want to give a little bit more credit to him before we kind of talk. I have some questions for you guys about some of the lineup construction and whatnot, but there was the top of the six. And Carpenter was up again. 
and they get to three, two again, and they'd have the mound visit. And it was really cool to see Maldonado and JB going out there. Cause they're like, had a difference of opinion. They wanted to iron out what we're going to throw. And so that pitch that we talked about that little, like two seamer that ran back up and in that they got him swinging. That's what I'm talking about. Now Carpenter's like, all right, I got it. I got to swing at this pitch. I can't take it. So I think JV saw that. And I think Maldonado probably wanted to go back to that pitch to see if they can freeze him again. They end up tunneling the same tunnel, but now that pitch goes down and into his feet and there's just no chance, man. Like he made the pitch that he needed to make right there. And that was, it's just so impressive, man. Like the thought process behind some of this stuff, it's not just, him bullying people it's like no man like this guy there's a reason he's a hall of famer he's got the plus stuff that he can bully you with but when he needs to make a pitch and put it where he wants to like he was doing it dude it was that pitch was both of those at bats to carpet i feel really bad for him because he just got diced up right there like work a full count and then get diced up is tough yeah not as bad as donaldson but the two of them were seven strikeouts Donaldson looks a little lost up there right now. I mean, he is pulling Burlander out. was pitching to him like he was his little brother. Like, hey, here's a yeah. here's a curveball, buddy. Let's see if you can hit it. It is bad. He did he did take a pitch there to get a walk. I know uh, that's his last at bat was everything. good, which was tough after the other three. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I have some questions. Yeah. Okay. So we see the roster. We see Peraz on the roster. Cabrera's obviously on the roster. And then we see the lineup and Stanton's in left field. And so we thought if that was going to happen, that meant somebody else was playing shortstop after IKF gets benched in the in the clinching game. That didn't happen. And what then I you don't even you didn't think that was gonna, you didn't think that was going to happen. I no. thought that was going to happen. That was the situation we were talking. You're logical, about smart. So. Then we don't even see those guys hit at all. We see a pinch run, and we see it at the in the bottom, uh, should be the top of the ninth. You have Bader, IKF, and Trevino. It seemed like a time to step in and maybe let Bader hit. What are we calling him now? Master Bader, Harrison, soil, soil tissue. Um, <laughs> let him hit. Trevino and IKF. I think you got to make a move there. And we didn't do that. So what's the point of having these dudes on the roster? I mean, do you want to hear what the Yankees are thinking? Because. Yeah, I, I do, I guess. I mean, it just seems to me like that's the perfect time to put these guys up there. Well, the Yankees called Peraza up and put him on the roster. But they need to make sure IKF doesn't feel bad. So they start him right away. They also like his ability against Verlander, which whatever. Um, no idea why they didn't pinch as Waldo Cabrera for IKF in that at bat. Besides, it would um, hurt IKF's feelings, which they have been overtly sensitive to all season in like a disgusting. You're treating this kid like he is an eighth grader that got called up to play on varsity. And the whole team, you know, you have to there's like kid gloves. Uh, other than that, I have no reason why to think they wouldn't pinch hit the the lefty who's better defensively than him. Um, it, it just, but it the just real reason is they didn't care about this game that much, Trev. I mean, they brought Clark Schmidt into a tie game. 
when Trevino, a professional reliever they traded for and has been great, was loose and ready. You have one option. Here's the professional player we traded for that was loose and ready, and he's a professional reliever. Or you have this kid who's been a starter, and we've kind of used him as a reliever down the stretch, but not in high leverage situations besides when he blew the game against the Guardians where we tried to make him the closer. And they go with him. And then it's a two-run game, and you have the heart of the Yankees order coming up the next inning. And you have faith in those guys to pop some runs. You have to. And instead of going to a professional reliever or, or someone that's good to hold that two-run lead, they go to Montas, who hasn't been good ever with the Yankees since the trade, also hasn't pitched in a major league game in six weeks, and he gives up a home run right away. Now the two-run lead is a three-run lead. And they, I, that's what I said on the pregame show, that they are going to manage this game to get everybody in and to get them loose. So if you use them again later on, you can say it. And that's exactly what Boone said in his postgame. They asked about Clark. Well, it's a tough spot, tough matchup for him, but hopefully learn something from it and uh, helps him out later in the series. Carpenter. Well, if you want to take positives from it, he saw a lot of pitches, and uh, hopefully that helps us on, adds value to his at-bats later on. And that was their mindset. It was just infuriating. Okay. Um, it did seem like that. Like they maybe had some guys down unless the whole emergency bullpen. or something. I don't know. Because, yeah. you know, that was a long series and, you know, they didn't have the off day. So maybe that was the plan all along. I don't like the plan. But then also like Carpenter. He thrived in a pinch hitting role. And I know he hasn't seen a ton of bats. He's been hurt. So like, I guess I see that thought process, but like, I don't think game one in Houston is the time to get him some like, ramp up at bats like that doesn't make sense to me i'd put him in the role that he thrived in like let this guy pinch it he could have been the one to come in there at the end he's going to be a pinch hitter the rest of the way but this was his practice game to this get was his practice bats. game so that doesn't make a lot of sense to me also the way that peraza was handled you know even in september we were talking about before the game or before the show excuse me there was like september 9th through september 20th he didn't even play at what all if i tell you this what if i tell you this trev Okay. They said the whole time that Carpenter was healthy and he was going to play the four games in Texas against the Rangers at the end of the season so he can get at-bats and pitches. It would have been 16 at-bats. But to do that, they would have had to DFA or IL uh, Marwin Gonzalez, uh, and they didn't want to lose a player, and they didn't want to send Carp to Texas. So they were like, you know what? Instead of doing that, he's just going to hang out in uh, by our double-A team and take live at bats and not get the reps in, in Texas. And now Marwin's not on the roster carp is, and he's getting these at bats here. And, and they're saying, well, we had to get him some at bats so we could see some pitches moving forward. It's like, you guys are dumb. Yeah. Just put Cabrera in left field Stanton at DH have Carpenter off the bench. And maybe if you really believe in this Peraza guy, you can put him at shortstop. It's not an easy thing to do. Like, I'm not saying like that's going to solve all, like all the problems he might look horrible out there, but he also might be pretty good and better than your option that you have right now. Some interesting things going on there. I could see why well, there's some frustration. We'll see. We'll see what the lineup looks like today. Um, I mean, at Yankee stadium, their only now left field option is uh, Cabrera who, you know, got moved to shortstop with the season on the line to play over the guy they played at shortstop <laughs> all season. Cabrera Trev was the second baseman to the shortstop 
Peraza at AAA, who they now called up. And, you know, I know, I know we're, we're kind of knobs. We're short, we're handsome. People are jealous of us, whatever. Um, like Jack Curry, who's one of the most respected writers in the business, like Peraza is their best glove at shortstop. By the way, the kid came up. I know it's a small sample. It's 50 at bats. He had like an 830 OPS. And so that's where let's see how the rest of the series goes. You know, you if you can still go into Houston, win one game, Severino, your good bullpen uh, and a lineup we like and get it back to the stadium where Cole and Nestor are waiting. You can be set up well, uh, but you could also go down 2-0. and then it could also be cold season on the line again at the stadium. And if one ball finds a porch, your, your season's over. So uh, it's a tough way. They manage some stuff down the stretch. It's tough. Cause there's a lot of stuff we feel kind of right about that. Uh, we wished we were wrong about and yeah. Um, let's see what happens. Uh, if it just feels like if the Yankees were the Braves or Houston, that Peraza and Cabrera would have gotten full run this year and we would have found out who they were instead of doing some funny business lineup stuff uh, in the playoffs uh, that that kind of led to this. So, yeah, I mean, Carpenter can't play left field at the stadium, so he will go back to fully being a pinch hitter. And if you don't get Cabrera into the lineup, uh, the guy that you played at shortstop in two do-or-die games, a kid, <laughs> a kid over the guy who was your shortstop all year. And now you brought up the AAA shortstop, who was the bigger prospect, who performed at AAA, who performed when you brought him up to the bigs. It's one of those things where we're watching Jeremy Pena on the other side hit two hole. He got a full season of run. He can pick it. He can hit, can hit more than enough. And it's just like, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's the difference or not. It'll probably come back to Judge, Stanton, Jordan, Altuve, and those guys. But if it's six or seven games, which now Yankee fans are just hopeful for at this point, a lot of those little things are going to matter. And uh, who's got the track record of their little things working, Houston or New York? Baseball! I do want to say how impressive it is. Now Houston's 4-0 in these playoffs. Altuve is 0-19. for yeah. He's got on base twice. He hasn't done anything for them. If this guy gets going along with the rest of the lineup, I mean, that's another gear they can kick it into, which is scary for teams that have to play them. Yeah, and he's jumping pitches early because uh, the Mariners went slider away heavy on him. You saw him swinging early in, in this game. They're just trying to jump out of it. Uh, the, the Astros won that game with the bottom of their lineup. I mean, Bregman's going to get going and Bregman has a big hit that judge robs him of in the first. That yeah, would have been game changing. Um, they pitch, they, they pitch completely around Alvarez in his first at bat. They intentionally walk him in his second or third. I forget what it was uh, or his third and his second. They got him to pop up, but you know, those guys are going to come play and Presley looking as sharp as he did was, was probably big moving forward. Uh, just just all in the strike zone. If the Astros pitchers feel confident enough to be that much in the strike zone moving forward, that's going to be uh, it's going to be a quick series because they didn't give a shit about the Yankees bats. They were all in the zone. I don't expect the Yankees to look like that offensively like that is a hopefully it's a one game thing. You just, you know, fresh off a. Of, champagne shower right into the lion's den like i could see how there could be a little bit of shell shock there 17 k's is just unacceptable they get framber tonight 
which is interesting because he's disgusting. Uh, so go ahead and good luck with that. Uh, Severino for you guys. It's I don't want to call it a must-win game, but it's it's you don't want to go down 2-0 to this this Astros team that seemingly like just like you said they do the little things right and they have guys step up and there's like I said another gear that they can kick in. Yeah, you, you gotta. Savvy's got to keep it close. Little watch out for him throwing high fastballs up in the zone. He gets so amped up he can't control it. Hopefully he got it out of the way in the first couple innings in uh, Cleveland. And then it needs to be a close game. The Yankees will deploy their bullpen today because what they said was, you know, everyone's theory is you got to split on the road. So they are selling out for game two and they undersold for game one. Uh, Pitching wise, hitting, they wanted to hit. They wanted to beat the Astros. The Astros just bullied them uh, on that side of the ball. But the decision making was very much. Bullshit. And it's by design. Yankees propaganda. If you win today, you're set up well. It's that bop bop Trev keeps talking about. You would have Cole and Nestor at the stadium in a 1-1 series. Like, that's the spot you'd want to be in. Um, but it, if you don't, you're down 2-0 to the big bad wolf. And there's just so much blood in the water, and those guys are sharks. So, um, I don't know. Uh, tonight's game should be awesome. Like I, I, I know basically all we do is advertise for baseball, but Sevy Framber, these two teams, like at the and Yankees with their rest night of- too, bro. They were talking shit. Oh, oh yeah, I mean, there's Donaldson saying throw the ball back. If Donaldson played like he has the rest of his career, I would love him. Um, OPS in the six this year. So interested to see that Yankees lineup. Interested to see how they deploy their bullpen. Um, and man, Framber versus Seve, you got some different styles of sexy pitching out there. Yeah. I mean, Framber's curveball got 45% whiff rate, and the Yankees had a giant whiff rate on the curveball yesterday 71% against Presley. Montero doesn't throw a curveball or a slider. Uh, neither does Neris, but Verlander on his slider and curveball, you know, it's 9% whiff rate. So yeah, I'm lookout. It's no more 17 case for the Yanks. Come on, guys. That'd be nice because they were just straight up guessing wrong. Yeah. It, it just, yeah. They just, there was, it was bad too. Those weren't like, those were out of the zone. I saw like at least five down the way sliders that were not even close. They were just waving at. It's, it's tough. I've been there. Don't do it again. Don't do it again. Good job by the Astros. Goodbye. Auf Wiedersehen. Baseball today, Trevor Plouffe, Chris Rose. Coming up next. Exactly. Soil tissues, crusty towels, big story out. Socks. That sound like? A lot of ruined socks. Oh, God.